Welcome back to the Energetics of Everything, your favorite place to learn about all things wealth, health, and personal development from an energetic perspective. If you are someone who is in pursuit of both being the best version of yourself and creating a wildly impactful life, then this is the place for you. Throughout this podcast, you will learn how to use my hindsight as your foresight as you identify your purpose, optimize your behavior patterns, and create a ripple effect of positive change that your soul knows you're capable of. My name is Eden Carpenter, and I am so excited to be a part of your personal growth today. Let's dive in. Welcome back. We've been talking about Gemini season because it's officially Gemini season and Catherine has some thoughts. So first of all, you just pointed out that almost all of the gates in Gemini are throat center gates. 15 is on the cusp of Cancer and Gemini, and that's not a throat center gate, but all of the other ones, we have gate 12, gate 45, gate 35, 16, and 20. All of those are in the throat center and none of them connect to the G center or the Ajna center. So it's all like the peripheral throat center gates, which is really fascinating to me. But yeah, we're just diving in. Catherine, you had so many thoughts. Please repeat everything that you just said before I hit record. (laughs) I mean, I'm slightly biased because I am a Gemini and I just think that we're so misunderstood. And I love that you pointed out the the G-Center thing. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course. And maybe that's where the two-faced stereotype comes into play. Because we're not two-faced. We just are so adaptable. We can be whoever you need us to be. We can hang with pretty much everyone. So the people that have problems with us, mm, I think it might be you. (laughs) Even the gate 15, like being the only G-Center and it's slightly on the cusp. I mean, we're dramatic. We're so dramatic. It's just the cusp of cancer. It's the talky, like mutable... Gemini's are the communicators. They love to talk. They're flighty. They're flaky. We're just, how do I say this? Virgo is the same way. Just they're very detail oriented and they'll deep dive. They'll focus. A Gemini, we know a little about a lot. We always have some kind of answer. We always know something. I feel like I always know just enough to make myself look really smart. But then if you sit there and ask me things for too long, I go, uh, I have no certainty. (laughs) The 20 is very speak in the now self-assurance. We have that confidence of just being able to trust your gut and really just say whatever comes to your mind and it be very correct. And that seems very Gemini energy. And then 16 is like my experiences, right? You're talking from experience. Like, well, this is what happened for me. But then someone else asks you more questions. You're like, uh, I'm not talking to you from uh, like my Ajna, from my mental perspective, <laughs> just telling you the story of what happened to me. Yeah, we're the teenagers yeah. of the Zodiac. I mean, yeah, we're like the that. halfway point. If Aries is like the baby and Pisces is like the reincarnated old grandma soul, <laughs> none of this is grounded in actual astrology. So before anyone comes at me about not knowing what I'm talking about, I don't claim to be an astrologer. <laughs> but if we're going with that theory... <laughs> Gemini is like the teenager of the Zodiac. Teenagers think they know everything, but we know a little bit about a lot. Yeah. (laughs) I read a fact, and by read a fact, I mean, I'm pretty sure it popped up on my TikTok that said that between the ages of when you're in your teenage years, and I've been doing a lot of inner child healing around my teenage self, that rebellious 
part of me that was angry and super opinionated and really ready to just tell the world everything. But anyways, I read this thing, saw this video. I don't remember what happened. I know this fact. <laughs> but when you're in your teen years, there's this biological thing that happens where there's this switch that essentially makes you see your family and your parents as the stupidest people in the entire world. From an evolutionary standpoint, it wants you to go as far away as possible, very like gate 59.3, you know, explore. We don't want in inbreeding or anything like that. But I just think that's so funny of like you were mentioning teenage years and there's this like misunderstood Gemini. There's like that two-faced energy of there's the connection, but then there's also like a little bit of rejection sometimes of like a push and pull. I'm kind of getting that. And it just reminded me of, I think it's really funny that in our teenage years, we look at our parents were like, yeah, you're so stupid. <laughs> all of the inner child, all of the stuff that I've been working through is, yes, I recognize the 13 year old me thought that I knew everything, <laughs> but like compassion, let's add some compassion to the picture. I totally get that. I feel that way internally a lot. I tend to think I'm a lot smarter than most people. It's different kind of smarts, right? We're not talking about book smarts. Geminis can be book smart. I know a lot of Geminis that are really smart, but Geminis are more street smart. We understand people and our brains move hundred miles faster than literally everyone else. I think that's where that two-faced thing comes from. It's because we're very adaptable. We can see all sides. I'm always playing devil's advocate. I really have fixated opinions about things and people. I can look at objectively the worst person ever and probably find some kind of human redeeming quality about yeah. them. Or I can find a commonality with them within myself, which is very gate 15 also. That kind of rubs people the wrong way. This has been happening within the last week. I've noticed it. I just went to Florida and I came back and I've been thinking about how 18 year old me like got to move to Florida in five years and live on the beach. And I never did that. And every time I go there, I'm like, why, why do I have to leave? Can you just let me live in my little beach hut? I will live in the trailer park on the island. Just let me live in my beach hut and leave me alone. <laughs> I was saying it to people and they're like, oh yeah, but how could you live there when politics, politics, politics? And they immediately look at me as if I have like changed my political ideology <laughs> and views. I'm like, no, I still feel that way. Yeah. But I also want to live there. And quite frankly, I don't care. Not that I don't care, but I do care. It's not enough to deter me from moving there. It's not so black and white, which I look at pretty much everything that way. And people mm -hmm. don't like that. They see it as two-faced or they see it as someone I can't trust or shifty or insert Gemini stereotype here. And it's like, no, I just have the ability to comprehend that life is so much more than that. Mm -hmm. Going back to the idea of we're directly in the middle. There's 12 houses, there's 12 signs. Gemini is the sixth one. We're at the halfway point. We see the beginning, we see the fixation on identity and the self, but then we can also see into the future where those lines kind of blur and it doesn't really matter. And it's all about polarity and not duality. Mm -hmm. And most people get stuck in that. And Geminis are not dualistic they embrace polarity and insert my soapbox about how every time someone says duality what they really mean is polarity and <laughs> <laughs> that's my rant oh, my tiger's eye on today tiger's eye is a gemini mm. stone so if you're a gemini i highly recommend it yeah i love tiger's eye that was one of my first crystals i think i still have one of mm. those that i've had for a really long time interesting something that you mentioned triggered a thought pattern for me, which is really exciting. Circuitry and caring about things. Mm. I have opinions about this. <laughs> it's very gate 17. 
so how I see it is like literally based on the circuitry that you have, there's different things that you're going to care about. My husband has individual circuitry. He has like gates and other things. His conscious son is in tribal circuitry. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the channels and the ways that you consistently move energy. There are certain people who have all individual circuitry. It's like they're selfish. They have this individual process, but that's how they're wired, right? They have to, for themselves, care about themselves enough to process that energy, get that energy out of them for their own health. They have to think about themselves first and foremost, and like they're wired to do that. Then we have people with collective circuitry that really, really care about the bigger picture. But the thing is that collective circuitry is almost entirely projected channels, which means in collective circuitry, we see in academia, we see in all of these places that want to talk about society, they want to talk about the bigger picture, they want to care about these systems. But it's very much like I want to give the information and then I feel like people should care about it. And I'm going to take on my responsibility as you should care about this very projector energy, right? Of like, you should care about this thing. You should do this thing because I want help with it. It's like seeking an invitation. But that collective circuitry for collective change is really looking for energy. It needs individual change. It needs tribal change in order for it to happen. You saying just the whole like, you don't have any collective circuitry. (laughs) Yes, you care about the bigger picture, but your process isn't necessarily going to be consistently talking about and caring about and taking action with that perspective of your part is playing a bigger picture. You have tribal energy. Your circuitry, your channel says, what do I want? Where do I need to be? What are the resources that I need to have around me? How can I find a place where I'm giving back to my community at the same time? That is what matters to you. And that's all you're hardwired to care about. And there's so much just like projector collective energy wounds of like, why don't people care about the things that I care about? And it's because everyone can't care about everything or we would all just sit here being like, oh my God, I'm a bleeding heart and nothing would ever get done. (laughs) Oh yeah, totally. I feel like I struggled with that for a long time. A lot of my major expansion points in my chart are forcing me into a more individual way of life. But that tribal circuitry is so still there. And so it's so funny because people are like, you should care about this. I would move there, but like, I just can't deal with it. And I'm just like, I literally just want to be near a beach. I literally (laughs) just want to be able to take a two hour lunch break and go sit in the sand. That's all I care about. (laughs) My only motivating factor for moving there is I have family there and there's an ocean and that's it. (laughs) Yeah. You are 40% tribal circuitry and then 38% collective circuitry I do have a lot of like I don't understand why people don't care about this but yeah it's when I start to communicate that and take action in that way it just never lands right I don't know if this is the aloof roof thing but a lot of the things that I used to be really hardcore about it's just like I can't it's not my problem (laughs) not my swamp not my gators (laughs) I love that that's brilliant It's like, I get it. I get it. I get it. And I'm going to do my part. Trust me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do my part. I also know that the way I'm going to be able to help the most is with money, probably, and resources. Mm -hmm. And I don't have that right now to give. I need to focus on getting to that point because that's where I'm going to have the impact. And I'm not there yet. And also, you know, if the world's going to end, like, I want to be on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm here for a good time, not a long time at this point. (laughs) Just let me be in my environment. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be in Pensacola next week. 
Yeah, Dason, but he is like God tier level on top of life right now. I don't know what is going on with that man, but he is so good at everything. It's like he's satisfied. He's so satisfied. <laughs> You're right. He's happy. <laughs> He's happy. He's not stressed. He's healthy. But yeah, he has been so helpful. We got a photo shoot coming up and he's like, okay, well, you'll probably want that done before the trip. I mentioned, I think one day I want to do some trips where I just go away and just hunker down and work because when I'm really in that creative flow, I get mad that anything else exists. My husband can ask me, what do you want for dinner? Sweet, super nice. And I like want to bite his head off. Yeah. <laughs> Because you interrupted me or my dog exists, <laughs> like my cat wants attention or something like that. And like, I want to like throw the animal, even though I never would. <laughs> <laughs> I get would that. Never. I'm always like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, like, stop yeah. So I was like, maybe it would be good for me to go to an Airbnb, a hotel or something with the intention of I am going to just hmm. get this project done, get lost in the creative flow and so he was like, awesome, this week doesn't work, but we could probably book it sometime next week, send me your schedule. And I was like, no, that's too soon. My emotional yeah. authority is like, ah, no, SQL is pushing me. And he's like, no, it's two weeks away. It's fine. He like called me down. It's like, you're going. So yeah, he booked the trip. And then we did prep work yesterday for a photo shoot that we're doing. That's going to be really exciting. But I'll send you, I'm going to send you the picture that I haven't shared with the internet yet but it has the title of the program in it um, oh my god obsessed <laughs> right obsessed obsessed so good. we've got like a time-lapse video of the whole thing Jason was sneakily taking pictures of me just staring at it so he often asks me are you okay when I'm really thinking about something and he took a picture of me staring at this I look pissed. I did not realize I looked that angry. Oh my God. You think that I just watched someone murder a kitten or something with how <laughs> scrunched up my face is? Do you think that's <laughs> your Ajna? Yeah, it's the Ajna for sure. But gate 37 is related to the mouth. Mm. So the mouth and the stomach oh. is gate 40. Yeah, which is so interesting related to me having all of that nausea issues and stomach issues and it's like emotionally related oh what? my god this is so funny because my mom is a 3740 authority and she does this thing when she's thinking and she's a projector she intensely stares when she's thinking sometimes i'm like why are you looking at me like that i mean i've got three projected channels <laughs> she does this thing with her mouth and we've always lovingly teased her about it because we're like why do you do that that's so interesting i do all sorts of weird things with my mouth i twist my tongue completely over and bite it sometimes I like chew huh. on it. I do all sorts of weird things with my mouth when I'm thinking and my hands are almost always on my mouth. Yeah, it's really interesting. Okay, but city or beach? What does I, your ego really want? I really want the beach. I can fly up to New York if you need me. <laughs> I'd rather be at the beach and fly to New York than be in New York and fly to the beach. Because yeah. then you have to leave the beach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would just be so wonderful to be able to just go like, okay, I'm taking my break. Go park my ass in the sand for an hour. <laughs> I don't need a lot. I'm very Irish. I can't be outside for very long. <laughs> I floated in the ocean on Sunday last weekend for hours. I faced the vast space of nothingness mm -hmm. and just talked. <laughs> oh, I was like, okay, I this is what I want. 
It was fun. And I want that all the time. There's been some fun things going on in your job. I got a permit offered yesterday. Yay! Yesterday at like six o'clock, I was like, okay, do you want to talk before I disappear for the rest of the day? And he called me and was just like, I just want to remove the uncertainty from you. I was on this temporary contract and I was going to wait until next week to bring it up, but I wasn't going to ask for anything permanent until next month. Cause I know he's really busy and we're going through fundraising right now. So I don't even really think he can make me an actual salary offer yet because he needs to know how much money he has. It's just so fascinating to me how I feel like I'm getting a real clear example of being a manifester through this in a way that I haven't experienced before. I think I said this last time too. Sometimes when I really want something, I find that the opinions that come to me are often in opposition to what I want and it's not because it's wrong it's because I'm supposed to check like self against those opinions because if everyone's telling me one thing but I feel completely different I'm like okay I'm gonna trust how I feel about it versus give into their whatever and I know it's coming from a good place or whatever and I'll keep it in the back of my mind and keep it in consideration that way because I understand I can have rose-colored glasses on sometimes about things hanging gate 26 <laughs> I don't always see things clearly so keep it in the back of my mind but like I'm going to keep trusting myself moving forward a lot of people have been like you need a permanent offer you need to make sure you're getting paid enough you're working a lot for someone that hasn't given you a permanent offer you're working like a full-time employee when you're not and I'm like I'm fine I actually like am in a place where I'm annoyed about other things in my life because I want to commit more time to this. So I know my heart's in it. Like I'm fine. This is a true authority choice. It's exciting. It's exciting. I literally don't know what I'm doing. I have the worst imposter syndrome in the world. So I saw a thing about imposter syndrome and it reminded me of gate 26. Own your imposter syndrome. You are a trickster queen goddess. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Like I fooled you all. (laughs) Yeah. Now you're stuck with me. (laughs) It's cool. He like has made a few comments to me about the future and how he sees me moving with him through everything. It's interesting because I really do think he's a manifester. I think last time we talked, (laughs) I said I thought he was a projector, but the more time we engage, I can't read him. And it's the weirdest thing because I'm so used to being able to read and I'm so used to only working for generators too. And like, they're so obvious. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I say as I giggle again on this call. Yeah, they're so obvious and they will literally do whatever I want. Not that he's not doing that, but he has no response. I can't read him, but he's definitely 6'2". There's 3'2 energy all over this. But from an outside perspective, what does 3'2 energy look like? (laughs) It's chaos. It's like 4'3 energy, only you navigate it a lot smoother. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Everything is very trial and error right now, but... It doesn't feel like trial and error in the sense of like, oh, we're improving as we go. It feels more like, hmm, does this work? Hmm, does this work? (laughs) (laughs) It's more of like, okay. Then like, maybe we should slow down. That didn't work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I have a goal. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm over here like, have we considered slowing down? (laughs) Have we considered doing this? The other day. I got a message like, hey, did you see the link I posted of this competitor? They're doing what we're doing, but like a little bit different. And it's kind of got me wondering if we should maybe do it this way. And I just had to laugh because it was something I had literally suggested my first week here. I was like, might be a better way to do this. 
But I had suggested doing it this exact way and I was shot down immediately because that's not the vision. And so I'm like now finding myself walking this very fine line because I've got my opinions, but I also believe this person is a manifester and I don't want to stifle the vision. I just need to know what the vision is and then I can help you. That gives me a little three, two energy, early stage six line two. It's like the vision's not quite there. We're just like deciding the vision as we go. Yeah, <laughs> like, anger too. I was like, oh I had my. the vision and now I need to be resilient in order to get to the vision and I don't yeah. want to be resilient. <laughs> Oh, and I mean, he definitely has an undefined heart. That much I know. That much I can tell. But it's not bad. I just notice us fixating on certain things that I think are not necessarily the most important. Another thing is, is when I was on vacation, as soon as he hired me, I was like, I have this trip coming up. I will not be online. Slowly but surely, I found myself sacrificing some boundaries here and there, working from the airport and, Mm -hmm. okay, you really need me because I'm in charge and I'm the only one doing this. My family likes to party. They're all going to sleep in till 10 or 11. I won't drink with them and I'll wake up at seven and you can have me for a couple hours in the morning before I have to disengage for the weekend. Then it was a couple hours later, like, hey, I really need you to do this. And I'm four pina coladas in on the beach. (laughs) And I finally had to be like, hey, I'm really sorry. I'm not able to do this. I'll get to it on Monday if it doesn't get done by someone else. You had me for all this time. I already went past my boundaries. I have to draw the line here. I just got a thumbs up to my message, which made me like, Which is, again, why I think maybe we're an emotional manifester. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Because it was very much like, "Mm, I don't like that. I could feel that. Okay. But but you informed of that boundary so far in advance. I did. But then a few (laughs) hours later, I got a reply back. It was not an immediate response. And then the eventual response was not the same feeling as the thumbs up. So I could be authority. (laughs) I'm definitely read the text feel it through because like I'll read it and I'll get a spike of emotion I'll be like oh what the fuck I don't want that energy to go into the reply because at the same time I recognize like oh you're right yes you set this boundary of course I need to just ride that wave before I can come up with the words that aren't laced with anger Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like he's emotional now that you say that I'm like okay I think my hypothesis here might be right So then the next day, I didn't look at my little spiky thing all weekend. I was like, nope, I'm logged out. I'm not even giving myself the chance to respond to break these boundaries. I'm logged out. And then I looked at it Sunday night on the way home. And I saw the next day he had posted in our group channel about how he was taking a vacation. Before I left, we had talked about, he's like, I really want to take a vacation at the end of June. I've been going nonstop for two years. And like, I would love to just have the public announcement of this company and then just to take a break. And I was like, I think you should do it. He's like, I, don't so I can't. And I was like, all right, undefined heart, whatever. In my head, <laughs> I'm like, okay. It was just so interesting to me. As soon as I set that boundary, the next day he was like, hey team, I just want to let you know that I will be taking the last two weeks of June off. You can reach me for two hours in the morning, but other than that, I won't be around. It was really cool to see though. I was like, oh, impact. First of all, you prioritized the thing that you were already wanting to do. You made sure that you took the vacation and you went to that wedding, even though the job change happened, you held on to it. Like, no, this is important to me. And then you reaffirmed your boundaries while you were there. What a permission slip. I think sometimes we forget 
the permission slip that is the defined ego because like for us it's this i really want this but like can i actually ask for that can i actually impose my desire on the world and then we do it's such a permission slip for other people such a permission slip yeah i think i forget that sometimes i definitely do too it's interesting for me too because i naturally (laughs) assume a certain position that some people don't want me to have so like four six profile with that <laughs> transpersonal network role model. I can't help it. It's just me. But for the first time ever, I feel like the space I'm in is expanding for me instead of closing around me. Normally it feels like, oh, the boundaries are like super rigid and enforced the second I'm there. It's like a reminder of where I belong. That's so shores. The way that you described that was so shores for your environment. Okay. What let do you me mean? just show you what I thought said it's expansive (laughs) you're in an environment that literally feels like there is nothing but horizon and potential in front of you it feels open I have like goosebumps seeing your environment style in the energetics of your work environment right now you don't feel like you're stuck in the kitchen where there's so much chaos going on and all of the generators are doing the things and you're just going to get in the way because there's already a process it's like the image of going to a job and having these generators already working in the kitchen, right? They're already yeah. doing all of the things. They have it going. They're thriving in that area. And then you're like, I don't know how to jump in. That feels trapping versus where you are right now. It's like you're sitting on a beach and you're like, yeah, there is literally nothing but horizon in front of me. Nothing but clear, open potential. Do you see it now? I mean, it's high chaos. Don't get me wrong. It's high chaos, but it's chaos because there's no order. It's Mm -hmm. not chaos because there is order and everyone's just like the cog in the wheel, you know? And I feel like at my last job, the one I got laid off from that I was thriving in and genuinely mourned the ending of that Mm -hmm. situation, that was very much an established process, but it was very easy for me to come into it and go, this doesn't work for me. This doesn't work for me. This doesn't work for me. And I could make it work for me. Mm -hmm. That was celebrated. And then when I got laid off, I found that other job and I tried to do the same thing there. And they were like, no, we have a process and we just want people to follow it. And I was like, well, your process sucks. And that's why you fire everyone all the time. (laughs) And I quit. (laughs) So like when I came into this place, I was like, all right, I am just here for the now and I hope it works. It's still high chaos. I feel like because the horizon itself is there and I know that the more I keep creating, it will just build around me. The people that are in charge and have trusted me to do that genuinely don't want to deal with it and they Mm -hmm. are willing to delegate it to me and also trust me to delegate to someone else and... Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. Another just example of be careful what you talk about. <laughs> say. Because I've had so many moments where I'm like, wow, I said this and I'm really doing that right now. Last time I was struggling, it was not so cool. But now I'm like, I know I'm going to be fine. And people were like, you know, opinions, opinions, opinions. And I just was like, no, I'm going to lay in my bed for two months and read. And that's what I did. And I occasionally would start to feel guilty about it. But I just knew I'm resting because I feel like I'm about to work really hard. I just had this knowing in me that was like, I'm resting right now. I'm being forced to rest for a reason. So I'm going to do it. As I started feeling the restless urge come back in and I knew it was time to start applying or just thinking about what I want to do or create it. I just need to start taking action now. Manifestor, I have to take action. 
when I started thinking about what I wanted, I was like, I really just want to do some juicy work, whether that's in some kind of program that I create or in my next job. I really want to sink my teeth into something and build something and create something. I mm-hmm. really want to help. I really want to do something. And here I am like, <laughs> okay, really doing that. <laughs> Red flags around language though. <laughs> You don't need to be doing all the building by yourself. No, but so here's the thing. (laughs) I've been really thinking about the idea of building versus co-creating lately. Mm -hmm. Building is still me against another person and working towards whatever they want me to do or whatever they're doing. It's like architect gave you the plan and now you have to fill that kind of. But this feels more co-creative. It's like, what are we going for here? None of us know how to do it. We all know what we're going for, but none of us know necessarily how we're getting there. It feels more co-creative and less like building. Uh, I don't know how to explain it, but I've been really fasting. Yeah, not I've been generating. Really, <laughs> I've been really thinking about that lately. Yeah, because um, you're looking at the potential, right? You're looking at what could be. You're looking at chaos. You're looking at all of this energy, and you're like, okay, how do we want to rearrange this? I am like doing a little bit more generating than I would like to right now, but. I also said, I just want to be somewhere where I can duplicate myself. Eventually, I will be able to just delegate it to someone else or to five other people. And then I can just sit here and kind of swoop in as needed and focus on other Mm. stuff. It feels very gate 40 dedication, right? Resolve of, you know, ultimately what you want. You know that there is desire and pleasure of having it done, of being able to create it. And at the same time, you know that you don't want to just continually be working on this forever. There is excitement of having it done. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I also know that the person who has given me this role also does not see me doing this specific task forever either there's like a relief of that where I'm just here for a minute and then eventually we'll have more funding and we can hire more people and then I can get a team of five little generators to do this and then I can step into more of a overseer resource manager role between the five people and focus more on other things that I actually would rather be doing for now it's a little generatory but it's not at the same time I think because I'm really choosing to look at it through the lens of co-creation and less like building it changes the way you show up which I think changes the energy of the situation because you're just engaging with it differently yeah that's embodiment that's very much six line embodiment is doing the same thing doing a normal activity doing something very mundane with a different intention and perspective if we're embodying an identity on a podcast or something I'm still sitting down and recording a podcast just has a different energy and a different intention behind it and that's very gate 34 and really gene key 34 the magic is not the actual activity that you're doing it's the energy and the intention behind it you could go and do like an ayahuasca ceremony and it could be completely life-changing absolutely amazing but you could do the same substance you can just the same substance with the intentions of just getting like really really high and partying there's different intentions behind it it could be a really profoundly spiritual experience that energetically leads to long-lasting change or it could be a really fun night that leads to a hangover or something like that never done ayahuasca but yeah (laughs) if the intention behind it yeah or like you got this bold permanent offer what about equity what about benefits you know like yeah of course i want them but i didn't even think about that yet we're not there yet once we talk about the seller, I'm going to be like, I have this list of things that I need. 
What's the timeline? In any other situation, these things would matter. But here, I don't care. Maybe in three months, I'll come back and be like, well, I was wrong. (laughs) Actually. I was wrong. But you know what? The one thing I've learned is that if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I will just leave the situation and I'll be okay. I don't need to stay. That is a very, 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 very healthy perspective around anger. Resentment is anger about something in the past it's like I'm mad and I wish that I could change something that I literally cannot change you being able to project forward that you will not have any resentment towards this you are at peace right now you're seeing into that future you're seeing into the next steps of if this is wrong you're wrong you'll dust yourself off you'll move on you'll do the next thing you are unattached to a specific outcome which is really amazing because that leads to anger of this is the one I've started over started over I have to make this work this is my only chance you put so much pressure on whatever it is that you're doing in that moment and then if it does or doesn't happen exactly the way that you want it your emotions are then tied to the outcome and you're either a victim or you've done this thing but then even if you do it it's like well was it a fluke can I repeat it (laughs) And then you get to a whole imposter syndrome situation. But yeah, you being able to look forward and say, I'm not going to resent this. I know that I'm going to be able to handle whatever happens is nervous system wise and emotionally regulation wise, very, very grounded and peaceful. Thank you. If I could summarize my Saturn experience, it would be that exact thing. My undefined G-Center Saturn experience, (laughs) my entire life. I get the thing that I want and then I'm so attached to what it means and I'm so attached to how it's going to plan out. I'm so attached to it and it becomes my identity. I was very intentional coming into the situation that I was not going to be like that. I was like, this is at the forefront of my mind. We need to be hyper aware of this. But I also, at the same time, have really not had to think about it all that much, which is, I also think another example of this is a true authority decision because I don't have any of that. It is what it is. And I know because I've literally been through this before and I have seen it firsthand a lot, quite rapidly over the last however many years of my life, that I'll be fine. It will all get taken care of. I won't die. I can take care of myself. I'll be good. I'll figure Mm -hmm. it out. If it blows up, I might be kind of bummed about it, but I also understand that whatever I'm doing right here is real. I'm supposed to be here and I'm learning something. Mm -hmm. I don't know necessarily what it's for, have ideas and things that I want and things that I think would be super cool. But ultimately, I trust it. I trust where I am. I had a moment too, because there's no one in my network here. That was like a very interesting. Yeah. Like, like, hmm, is this true? Is this right? I didn't get this through my network. There's no one in my network here. But ultimately, there was people from my network at the last place and it sucked. (laughs) Maybe it's time for a new network. (laughs) Or does it really matter? Because now there's people in my network at this new place because I got them hired. Mm -hmm. So have the tables turned now yeah. I get to choose who's here yeah. very tribal very ego energy my boss I don't know <laughs> calling him that you're like 11 years younger than me <laughs> you can't even legally drink yet we're very fascinated by your boss we like you. I literally never want to work for someone older than me again also another six line thing too where it's like I literally am doing something that no one my age or older would ever hire me to do like on paper they would never I couldn't even get an entry-level position in this side of the industry Mm -hmm. 
I've been trying for years, literally three years and leave it to the 20 year olds. Be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. Let's go for it. Because <laughs> you're the only one that sees my six line clearly. I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but I feel like there's this split between generations for everyone who's a six line. Mm. In gymnastics, I was a little bit older than a lot of the girls, but with my soul, I was a lot older than a lot of the girls, mm -hmm. but I was good friends with all of their moms. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I was a role model to all of their kids, even though I'm like kind of the same age, but I remember having heart to hearts. One of the girls, I don't know, there was something where like I had to spend the night there. I didn't have a ride or something, but then she wanted to hang out. She was spending the night at someone else's house. But anyway, I had a sleepover and me and her mom stayed up all night talking and I'm like 13. <laughs> Yeah, to sleep over with her mother. And it was great. We talked about all sorts of things. She was like pouring her heart out very, very six line undefined G center. I'm like, I see you. <laughs> I will just hold space for you. But there is this like observing, learning, understanding, stretching almost with older people. I feel younger. I feel smaller. I feel inferior because I don't want to do it the way that you want to do it. I don't want to do it in the system that you have built. I see issues with the system. I prefer yeah, to burn the understand. system down. <laughs> they don't understand it. I have such a residence yeah. with you, but at the same time, you fundamentally do not understand me. Exactly. And then I'm able to turn around to younger people. They think that I am the coolest thing that's ever existed. Yeah. I go from, I feel like the weird outside kid that has their crazy idea and everyone's going to actually like laugh at me. I'm ashamed to share my cool idea that it might actually be stupid. And somehow I'm missing a fact. Everyone else knows everything. And it's just, just like my naivety. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then I share the same thing with the people that are younger, a slightly younger generation. And they're like, that's the coolest thing since sliced bread. You are a goddess. Please give me everything. Can I just send you my money? Yes, Queen Slay. It's just yeah. such a different response. There is a weird bridge of being a six line. Because like those older people also have high expectations for you. Right, like, and you want to impress it. them. I <laughs> want you to be impressed by me. Yeah, please validate me. Please tell me that I'm not stupid. <laughs> but they don't. They won't. We don't, no. But then we come up with our own little worlds. We find our people that are ready to hear the six line wisdom that we have. And they will pull it out of us. And they will be obsessed with it. And then eventually the people who we were trying to get approval from in the first place are going to turn around and say like, oh, wow, you were right. I had no idea. I'm so proud of you for pushing through, even though I didn't understand it. Those are the stories that I live for is a six line. Six, six line, line, I told you so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the six line, I told you so moment is my favorite. I remember quitting my nursing job and telling my manager and she's saying like, are you sure? Do you have a backup plan? I remember telling like my mother-in-law, my husband, like, all of these people that I really, really care about. And I'm saying like, okay, I'm going to quit this job. And you know, is that feeling of I'm naive. I don't understand the real world yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make a reckless, silly decision over here, and it's probably not going to lead to anything, but who knows? I'm going to do it anyways. But then that flip around of a couple of years later where they're like, that was the best decision. Not many people would be brave enough to do that. I feel like with a six line, because you have that vision for something that is a step beyond what has been achieved already, people who have achieved what's been achieved don't see it yet. They see this is the end line. We are at the top of the mountain. It's perfect. Why do we need to change it? 
there's something so interesting about being a six line there, but also having the left angle cross of duality. But this energy where it's like in order to really create the new thing, we have to burn down what currently exists because energy cannot be created or destroyed, only rearranged. And so if we're going to rearrange it, we have to take down what currently is. And that leads to chaos. I remember renovating a house and we're going to deep popcorn the ceilings. We're going to do this. And then you get there when you've taken it all down. You're like, holy shit, what did I get myself into? There is dust everywhere. There's piles of drywall. There, the carpet is a disaster. There's plastic everywhere. I can't breathe. And there is still so much more to do. Did I make a mistake tearing this down or was it okay where it actually was? That's such a powerful moment of being able to stand in rubble of something that you just tore down and face that possible, I might regret this, but then pulling on what you said earlier of like, if you made the decision to tear it down, then you're going to be able to handle whatever comes next. So yeah, you get to build from that chaos, but creativity comes from chaos. Yeah. I love that you say that. I think it ties into that idea of resentment too, where the times I've had a lot of resentments about choices I've made, it's always come from a place of still being in the rubble and being in the rubble for way longer than I would ever like to be in the rubble Mm -hmm. and being like, is this ever going to change? I'm still in the rubble. Totally. I'm not anywhere close to being what I would consider out of that. But now all of a sudden I'm like, oh wait, I think maybe things are changing a little bit. There might be a light at the end of this tunnel and that resentment slowly goes away. I try to remind myself that now it's really easy to resent in the moment, but if you just keep walking and like making choices, I don't know if you have experienced this in your own way too, but I know you and I have talked about how, especially for like manifestors, things don't change unless you take action and It doesn't have to be action towards the thing, right? Like for me, this job offer came, I really wanted it and I just wasn't hearing anything. So I had accepted, I didn't get it. That's fine. Accepted that. And then I was like, I need to do something. So I'm just going to start taking action in other ways. I applied to all these jobs I really didn't want to do, but I just have to move the energy. Any moment where I'm just like, all right, whatever it takes, that's the moment where the thing actually comes to me. Mm -hmm. And I had been saying to everyone, they're like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to do this and I want to be in a director level position. I don't want to rebuild. I'm so tired of starting over again at the bottom. I'm done doing that. I want this. This is what I want. And people are like, why would anyone hire you for that? You've never done that before. And I was like, I don't know, but it's going to happen. (laughs) And they're like, "Mm, you might want to consider taking a class or you might want to consider substitute teaching. Be realistic. Poke up up my eyeballs and substitute teach. Um, No, thank you. absolutely not. I would go into debt before I did that. My philosophy is it just takes one person, however long it takes, that one person will show up. But as soon as I was like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, or I'm open to whatever that looks like and whatever I have to do to get there in the meantime. And as soon as I did that, it was like, okay, here you go. I don't know if you've experienced that too. I'm sure you have, because you have a little bit of that manifestor energy in it too. So often I think that we get stuck in the waiting and Mm -hmm. no you don't have to know what you're doing you just have to do something different I have a riff on this for you so I've been contemplating the first and second gene key lately because what else would I be doing it's interesting because in the second gene key it talks about how really even though gate one is the divine masculine that's the starting point it actually starts at number two 
it doesn't actually start at one. The second gene key, that gate of receptivity, is actually where creation starts because masculine energy is just the externalization of feminine energy. Mm. I've been playing with that a lot and thinking about everything that I've decided to do, everything that has manifested with momentum versus like I declare it and it sizzles immediately. How do I know when it has energy behind it? And I know when I declare it, it's genuinely a sensation of I can tell the difference between if my energy is really behind something or not. And it's that internal switch of I either am seeing the thing and in this energy of like, I don't know what this is going to take. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I am going to show up for this until it happens. That energy works. I have a really good example is like manifesting my husband. I was 17. I'm in high school and I've never had a boyfriend. I'm like trying to flirt with people. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so awkward. I had all of these friends that were just like boyfriend after boyfriend after boyfriend, like month after month. I was a new boyfriend. I'm like, okay, what's wrong with me? I would try and talk to their friends. I'm just super awkward and it was not working. And so I was like, you know what? I'm a catch. Screw all of these high school boys. I'm going to get a really amazing romance because that's what I deserve. In my life, I'm going to meet someone. I'm going to be swept off my feet. They're going to be absolutely perfect. And it was like this knowing of it's going to happen. I'm not going to force it to happen right now. It was the decision of I'm not going to put energy into this just for the sake of trying to make it happen. I'm not going to force this to look a certain way. I know that what I genuinely want, the big experience that I want is going to happen to me. Whenever that happens, I'm going to be ready for it, but I'm not going to try and force it to happen in the meantime. I'm just going to be ready for it so that when it does come along, I'm available for it. I can step into it. And I kid you not, literally by the end of that week, my husband and I were on our first date. (laughs) It like happens so fast. It's a decision. So I just looked up because you were talking about the first and second gene keys. So I just pulled my little tarot cheat sheet thing out. The second gene key is associated with the eight of cups, which I find interesting too. Mm Because it's like the things that we leave behind or the things that we know that we have that we realize that we no longer care about because of this new quest that we yeah moving on to the new quest the willingness to do what it takes and to have less to get to what we actually want is what initiates the ability to walk away from things is what initiates the change oh it's really that availability of this is good but I know that I'm available for better Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah wow that was fun wow I don't know if I have anything else to say. Well, thanks everyone for listening to us ramble for however long we rambled. We'll talk to you soon. (laughs) See you next time. Bye.